Welcome to the Swim Swam Podcast. I'm your host, Coleman Hodges. Joining me today, I've got a very special guest. He's an NCAA All-American from Michigan. He's the Big Ten Medal of Honor recipient. He was a member of the D.C. Trident uh, in his first year as a professional uh, this season in, in the ISL 2020. Uh, please welcome Tommy Cope. Tommy, how's it going, man? Hi, Coleman. Thanks for having me. start with just this this uh the most recent past you were just in the isl bubble mm-hmm. got to compete for the dc trident um it, I, one of the coolest parts about isl is is how much everyone loves their team right the mm-hmm. the the camaraderie the team spirit that you see from every single team um and it seems like dc trident is right up there with the most spirited oh, yeah. teams um tell me to, you know just tell me about your experience as you, you get you get out of college and you get to be a part of this pro team yeah so um when i uh graduated i guess uh it was i never really had a graduation because of all the covid stuff but uh after last year i was kind of bummed because didn't really get to end on a great note and uh, uh didn't really think that i was ever going to be part of a team again and then I get asked to be on the ISL and like all of a sudden I'm part of a, a team again. It was, it was really fun. It was, we were only over there for five weeks, but I could tell you so much about each and every person on DC Trident. Like we were really close. I, like, I don't know if there was another team closer than us, but um, uh, we always were out there cheering and it was awesome. It was a fun time. Yeah. Is, I mean, first of all, did, did you, Coming out of college, did you think ISL was a possibility for you? Yeah, so um, when I was first like planning what was going to happen uh, after I graduated, um, COVID didn't exist. And so uh, I was just thinking that I was going to be done. I was going to swim through Olympic trials and then I was going to be done. And then um, I would just do, I'm doing my master's right now at Michigan uh, in engineering. And so I thought that I was just going to have a, a year to enjoy like the real college life and not uh, <laughs> uh, being swimming or be swimming the whole time. Um, and then COVID happened and um, I was lucky enough to find an internship over the summer in Missouri um, where no I was planning this. But yeah, I had an internship in Missouri and um, where I was in Missouri, there was like no COVID cases because it was um, pretty isolated. And so I had a, access to a 50 meter pool and a 25 yard pool. And so I practiced. And so I was like, well, I'm in pretty good shape. I might as well swim through this year. And then, um, where, where was this, uh, Cape Girardeau? It's like an hour and a half South of St. Louis. Oh, I know where I'm, I'm very familiar with Cape Girardeau. That's where we went for like the, yeah, I went to meet (laughs) there all the time in high school. Yeah. 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 It was, it was pretty nice. I've, I was very lucky to find that. And I'm really grateful to all the people who helped me uh, out there. And so it just, it worked that I was able to stay in shape. And so I got back to Michigan. I, I talked with my coaches here, Josh and Mike and Sam. And um, we were like, uh, might as well keep swimming. Like, why not? And so um, I was just training like normal. And then uh, still had no plan of doing ISL. And then um, this is like mid-September. 
and then um and then um just some of the australians weren't able to attend the isl unfortunately and so uh some of the teams were scrambling to find people and um my and my coach suggest like one of the isl coaches called um my coach josh and he gave my name and so they called me up and um i thought i was going to be going then it turned out that the person's place I was taking, he was actually going to be able to go. And so I wasn't going. And then five hours before like the deadline, like for any roster changes, uh, Cindy Gallagher called me up and was like, Tommy, can you do it? And I was like, yeah, I guess. And so, um, uh, like I just decided on the spot to do ISL and I'm so grateful that I did. Um, and it just happened to work out. (laughs) So I was definitely not planning on doing it. Oh my gosh. <laughs> to <laughs> give our listeners to get that's I mean I got stressed just listening to that. Uh to give our listeners a little context. I mean, you had to be one of DC Trident's top scores uh throughout the season. I d- I don't have the numbers in front of me. Um and I don't, you know, you don't need to toot your own horn. Uh, I'll <laughs> no, do I'm, that. I don't even know. Yeah, and but I mean, you were you 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 turned out to be a very important piece for the DC Trident. You know, you were in breaststroke events, you were in IM events, um, you were you were you were versatile. You were on relays, and uh, I mean, did you did you ever win an event? Uh, no, I got second once and third a bunch of times, but I was I was fighting for it. <laughs> you were you were I mean, especially in the tuner breast. I remember you know I, I watched every match and I remember every match. It's like, dude. Tommy's in there, you know, it's like, <laughs> know, like you said, give me every time, <laughs> you know, it's, I mean, you were in there, you know, and, and th- third place is, uh, is that, that's, you know, that's really important in ISL, mm-hmm. uh, because again, it's, it's, it's all about the points and, yeah. uh, and, and the, and the points matter. And so, so going into ISL, um, you know, I think DC Trident kept a good amount of its, its core from last year. And so there mm-hmm. was kind of already that team culture, um, were you, what were you expecting from that team when you got there? And then how were those expectations manifested throughout just that first week of being with the team? Well, I would say, yeah, for, to just touch on your first point. Yeah. They did keep a lot of, uh, their team. And so I was worried that I was going to be going into like an environment where, you know, like the friendships had already been made, everybody knew each other, um, and so I would be kind of like an outsider, but that was, that couldn't have been farther from the truth. Like everybody took me in immediately and, uh, everybody was talking to me, uh, just like I was a normal guy, um, and, and had been on their team last year. So that was, that was really awesome. And then, uh, just in general, uh, going to the ISL, uh, it was pretty nervous or nerve wracking because like going against like Olympians going against world record holders, uh, every swim, like I swam next to Adam PD, like at least three, th- three or four times. And like the first time it, like you do that, it's, um, I almost didn't know what to expect. Uh, I was very nervous, but I had some suit malfunction before <laughs> my first race. And so luckily I didn't have, I didn't even have time to worry that much, but, um, well, after the first race, it just felt so natural. It just felt like um, uh, like a continuation of uh, all of the college dual meets that I had been through and Big Tens and NCs and everything like that. And so it just felt like a natural continuation and it felt uh, really good to be racing again. Yeah. 
I mean, I, I've, I've certainly followed your results. Um, you know, we had, we have, we have a mutual coach. Um, yeah. I, I worked for one of your club coaches for a while. And so I've known you for a while and I followed you at Michigan and I saw you were going to be in the ISL and it's like, okay, that, that, that's super cool. I didn't, I didn't know how are you going to, you were going to stack up to, like you said, yeah. that, you know, those world record holders, um, those, those, you know, guys who've been pro for a long time. Mm-hmm. And again, you went out there and, and you were in it. Uh, yeah. talk, talk about that. You said it's a, like a continuation of the dual meets of the big tens and NCs, um, mm-hmm. of, of that collegiate type racing. Um, I mean, talk about how you, h- how you move through that five weeks, race after race, after race, week after week. Um, do you feel like you were able to improve and how, how are you able to stay kind of at the top of your game for, for every week? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, with dual meets and, uh, like big tens, even <clears throat> I'm never really that rested. And so going into it, I always, um, you don't have any easy speed, <clears throat> easy speed. And so you just have to go all out from the very beginning. And so I kind of <laughs> knew that strategy already. Like, I feel like some of the, um, people who didn't get, go to college in the U S or have been out of college for a while. I've kind of forgotten how to do like that, that, uh, painful, like 200 breasts in a dual meet that you already have swam the 50 breasts, 100 breasts and like 200 IM. And so, um, I kind of knew what I was, how I was going to swim, but certainly like, um, it's a little bit different, like racing in a speedo after a practice versus, uh, shaving and putting on a suit and stepping up against like, uh, some of the fastest people in the world. Um, but I always just, um, took it as a challenge and, uh, didn't ever put any pressure on myself. Um, because I always thought like, um, I'm the underdog here. I'm just trying to do as best as I can. Um, and I always just try to, uh, keep up with the other guys. And that was what my, my main, um, strategy was. And, uh, as the means progressed, I started to get a little bit more confident. Um, but that also came with like a little bit more expectation. And so, um, in the third meet, which also happened to be the meet that we had, we only had two days of downtime in between our second and third meet. And so in the third meet, I was kind of tired. And then I was also starting to have like expectations for myself and that kind of played against me. And so, um, learning from that, uh, in the fourth meet, I went into it. I tried to swim confidently and I tried to just, um, every time I stepped into the blocks, I was like, okay, I know what I'm doing. Uh, everything that I need to do is already here. Like I just need to go out there and perform. And so that's all I went into the races thinking, and that was my best meet. And so, um, I definitely learned and adapted, um, throughout the meets and, uh, having them so close together, I think was actually a benefit because, uh, I didn't forget what I needed to work on in between each one. It's an, it's an interesting thing. It's an interesting format that we haven't seen much of in swimming, you know, even, even with dual meets, I feel like you, you really only have maybe, maybe two a month. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, a lot of schools, I feel like it's more like one a month, but yeah, like you said, you don't really forget, you know, it's like Mm -hmm. (laughs) you you swim a race, you're like, okay, I need to work on this. And then you have another opportunity pretty soon after. Um, and again, I think for swim fans like me, it's, it's the amazing part is that like, how do you keep going? so fast when it's like you 
when when we're used to seeing like one big taper meet mm-hmm. and then the rest of the time you swim like crap yeah um, that was interesting it was it was kind of like you're doing a half taper the whole time because um i definitely didn't feel ever well i definitely went into it thinking like okay i'm not the kind of person that can train through this uh six weeks or however long we were going to be there and then taper down i know that some people were able to do that but um uh i just thought that i needed to be able to perform every time um and so i just kind of always try to get a little bit of aerobic in a little bit of good work in before uh like four or five days before and then um like the next few days dropped down. But I was able to keep like a half taper the whole time. Like I wasn't ever able to get like hundred percent, but I would say I hit like 90% taper every single time. And so that was uh, like weird, but I'm surprised I was able to hold on for that long. Um, And even like after it, I did a few long course time trials and those went pretty well. And so I don't know, maybe I don't need to train that much. Probably not what my coaches are going to say, but um (laughs) it was yeah it it was pretty interesting that i was able to or like that most people were able to keep going fast and if not faster um so that was that was pretty unique and i don't think i've ever seen something like that before it's uh, i agreed i i certainly have never seen anything like that before and i think it's also interesting because maybe a lot of people were coming from like a, a solid training base because there weren't, there weren't any big meets this summer, but also, you know, it's like some people couldn't haven't swam in like four months before that, or, you know, had only been training for a few months and then hadn't swam for four months before that. So it's yeah. it, really interesting nine months, nine month progression, right. Leading up to that. Mm-hmm. But, um, Let's. Uh, I want to back up a bit to to your time in in, in Missouri in Cape Girardeau. Yeah. You know, you were swimming on your own, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yep. <laughs> and that was that was during the summer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was from. Um, let's see, when did I go out there? I think it was like um, mid May. Or yeah, it was like mid May to August seventh. Or no, it was June first, August seventh was my internship length. And so, prior to that um i was in ohio at home and all the pools and everything was shut down and so uh i didn't swim and i got out there and um the first day i was kind of bored and so because there's not too too much to do (laughs) uh, especially for someone who's new in town and doesn't know anybody um and so i went to the gym and found a pool and i was like okay uh i'll start swimming and so um the first week was miserable (laughs) uh Felt like I didn't know how to swim. And then also being by myself, I'm like questioning everything. Um, but after that, um, my co- I started communicating with my coaches and getting uh, practices sent. And um, I started slowly building back into it. And practicing by yourself is very interesting because um, for once, I was more focused on how I was swimming rather than like, I'm a very competitive person. And so like, usually... I just want to beat the person who's training next to me. Um, but being able to train by yourself, you're able to think of different things. Um, and so I was, I've spent a lot of time working on my technique, um, which was hard because I would have to video videotape myself because nobody else was watching me either. Um, and I would send it to my coaches or whatever. Um, 
but it was it was interesting and um also um made me think a lot about why i was actually swimming because uh nobody's telling me that i had need to be at the pool uh my job was um i was uh i'm an engineering uh i got my degree in engineering and so i was working uh in a factory uh and so we would start work at like 6 30 or 7 and so i would have to swim i would have to get up to swim at like 4 15 um and so it was open yeah yeah well by the time i got there i had to drive like half an hour um wow so okay. <laughs> yeah so it really made me like think um okay like i had to really commit and um know why i was swimming uh and so that was also a good thing instead of uh just doing it because like it was easier than getting yelled at. Um, and so it was really interesting swimming by myself. Um, and I'm, I'm like glad to be back swimming with other people, but it was a really important experience, I think for myself. Um, it was interesting too, because like some days I would swim so slowly and then some days I would be able to swim so fast and, uh, without coach telling me what really was going on, I was having to learn a lot by myself, uh, about self-coaching and, and things like that. So uh, it was a really valuable experience and I don't know if I would want to do it so soon again, but I think that, uh, I could, if I needed to, that's really interesting. Um, that's, I think this is so timely, at least for me, because I just talked to Marco Coke this morning, um, mm -hmm. another breaststroker who, uh, yeah. had success in ISL and, you know, he's 30 and he's been swimming for a long time and he mostly trains by himself. Mm -hmm. and, I think that it's possible with breaststroke. Other strokes it's harder, but I what? heard like Daniel Roy, um, growing up in Seattle, I think he trained by himself a lot too. Uh, I remember him telling me that. And so like, I think it's a trend or, or something's going on here. <laughs> yeah. I remember interviewing him and cause I think he lived two hours between, between like cities with clubs and so he would just yeah swim a lot by himself yeah. um which was yeah which was insane but why do you why do you think it's a breaststroke thing what makes you say that i think i think it's important for breaststroke like the number one thing is to have like a good feel for the water um mm -hmm. like you can like people can train like three or four times a week for breaststrokers can train three or four times a week and still pop off an amazing time. Whereas with strokes that require, um, higher levels of fitness, um, they, you have to be in a better shape, um, rather than just ha having it based on feel. And so like, I know like you always see, um, that random, like 30 year old at nationals who in the like hundred breasts or 200 breasts, who's like, swimming these times that guys like that are 22 fresh out of college are barely swimming. And so, um, I think it's just something about breaststroke, about the feel of the stroke, because, um, like you don't see that very often with other events. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's a weird stroke. Everybody says it's a weird stroke and they're right. <laughs> and they're right. I, yeah, I agree. Um, and so, so you were, uh, t tell me about your training schedule in Cape Girardeau. Did, I mean, did okay. you just do mornings? No. So let's see what I would do is 
Um, I would try to at least uh, swim um, Monday, Wednesday, Friday in the morning because those are long course. And then I would do Monday through Friday afternoons, um, uh, 25 yards. And then I would also do Saturday morning. Um, sometimes I, I, I think I did that mostly yards. Um, and I only like in the mornings I would practice for maybe an hour and a half. Um, and in the evenings I would practice an hour to an hour and a half as well. So definitely a lot less than I used to do, but I think just doing more quality, uh, work, like things that were more specific to me, uh, I was able to like maximize the efficiency of that hour and a half hour. And then I would also, one thing that I did do was, um, I lifted a lot more. And so during college, I only lifted, uh, once, twice a week. Um, and then being out in, uh, Cape Girardeau, um, uh, since I was getting less torque because I was swimming less, um, I lifted more. And so I was able to lift three times a week. And then, um, <laughs> me and the other interns would play basketball pretty hard on, on Fridays after work. And then we would also have a volleyball game on, uh, Thursdays, which I, or on Tuesdays, which I usually went a little too hard in. Um, <laughs> and so I got, I got a lot of different, uh, fitness opportunities that I, than I usually did, especially with, lifting. And I think that actually is what helped me a lot in the ISL because it's short course. Um, and so being muscular is extra like beneficial, um, in short course versus long course. Dude, I'm just trying to tally all these different fitness opportunities, as you said, and, and with a full-time job. <laughs> and, uh, it sounds like, it sounds like busy days. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I was like thinking about this. All I was doing was eating, sleeping, working out and work and just working, <laughs> but it was a, it was pretty satisfying. Um, cause I just, I felt like I was making a good use of my time. Um, another thing that I was doing that I forgot was, uh, I was biking. So actually, uh, so I brought my, I got a bike during quarantine. And so I brought a bike out there and it was actually really hard because, um, as you probably know, the Missouri Hills, uh, are pretty steep compared to what we have in Ohio. And then also, um, it was so hot. It was like 95 <laughs> and I was biking and, and I would drive, ride my bike and up a super huge hill. And like, it would be so hot and there's like dead armadillos on the road, but <laughs> I kept going. It was, it was pretty fun. And actually, uh, the last race that I had before ISL was a bike race. I did a time trial, <laughs> like a 10 mile time trial. So I was just doing whatever I could to stay in shape. How did that go? <laughs> uh, I think that it went pretty well. I, um, I got beaten by like all the guys with the, like the $10,000 bikes, but uh, I, I feel like I held my own. The way that we did it was, um, uh, it was like, I guess I'm not really sure. I'm not that familiar with the biking world, but we did a time trial. And so uh, we would have one person start and then another person starts like a minute after and another person starts a minute after and uh, went slowest to fastest. So like the fastest people caught up mm. um, and the guy who was running the race must have thought that I was an amateur. And so he put me first or he put me second. And um, so like from the onset, I was like, okay, my goal is to not get caught by anybody. Um, and so it was like the last like, hundred feet of the race 
And one of the guys that was part of like the cycling team that was there had passed me. And I was like, okay. Like <laughs> I thought back to all of the thresholds that I'd done and I was like, he's not going to beat me. And so I, I put my head down and um, sprinted to the end and I actually came in first for my position, but like, uh-huh. because they went like 10 minutes behind me, <laughs> they beat me, but it was really fun. That's awesome. So, yeah. so you, you were the first finisher. Yeah. I was the first finisher. I don't know first if that the anything. <laughs> yeah. But, but I put my, myself out there. Yeah. That's awesome. I, yeah. that's seems like the moral victory. At least. Yeah. 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 <laughs> nice. Uh, so let's, I mean, Sorry, I've asked too much about this time in Missouri, but I I think that's super interesting. You were training by yourself. You, you got it seems like you got in really good shape heading into that ISL. Obviously, mm-hmm. you did well in the ISL. Um, so let I, let's take it back to to your days at Michigan. Yeah. First of all, you guys had an awesome class. Yeah, I know. We never really got to like show how awesome we were. Because we weren't all firing at the same time, but our senior year, I swear, like we had, we were looking so good. It was so sad. We had, um, I think only we started our our freshman year with 14 guys. And I think only one guy ended up um, uh, quitting swimming. And so, or he was a diver. And so uh, we retained almost the entire class and uh, we just really bonded with each other. And we were all really hard workers. And so it all just, uh, went perfectly. And, um, we, I, yeah, I think that we were probably one of the, we would have made a a big impact at NCs last year if it had happened. Which, which is such a bummer, but, um, you know, uh, take, take me through, I know this is big question, but, you know, kind of take me through your time at Michigan and especially what made it so special going through it with that group of, of guys. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, even before I committed to Michigan, um, I had been on a few trips with, uh, the guys who had already committed and I was looking at other schools. Um, but nowhere else did did like a team or like a, a core group of guys in my class, like had they committed anywhere else. And so that was like one of the main draws to Michigan for me is like, uh, the people that I could surround myself with. Cause I always like to, um, like surround myself people with better people that are better than me. Um, and so like, I could, uh, try to like go up to their level. Um, and so when we got there, it was, um, almost like everything clicked instantly. Like, uh, as far as relationships go, like we were all like great buddies. (laughs) My computer announces the time. (laughs) Um, nice. Um, and, but yeah, so we were all, uh, really good buddies, but, um, yeah, my freshman year, uh, I was swimming okay, but, um, it didn't seem like, uh, I really was doing the right things. I was focusing on the hundred breasts and, um, that was kind of like, not really what my focus was during high school and, um, school was also a lot harder than high school was like the academic side. And so my freshman year, um, it was pretty tough. I think it, a lot of people would uh, empathize with that. I think it was just uh, much different than um, what you're used to in high school. And, and uh, it's just hard to adjust to that. But um, I, 
like after the first semester, I, I went home and I, I talked a lot with my parents <clears throat> and like made a game game plan going forward. And after that, um, like something clicked uh, with Michigan and um, my classes started going well and, and swimming started going well. And um, going into my sophomore year, uh, a lot of my class had done really well at NCs. Um, their freshman year, like Felix Abuk, uh got second in the mile, I think. Um, and so uh, like that was really cool. And I, and I was super inspired by my classmates. And so the next year I, I, I made the goal, okay, um, I want to make NCs this year. And so um, going through that year, uh, everything felt a lot better. Um, my classes were going a lot better and, and I was uh, doing a lot better in swimming. And then I, I made NCs and it was super cool. And then I even, uh, I dropped more time somehow at NCs and, and got um, seventh or something in uh, the 200 breast. And I hadn't even made an A final at Big Tens the year before. And so that was really cool. And um, it was just something uh, like another thing that our class could hang our hats on. And um, and so uh, going into the junior year, uh, just kept that, kept it rolling. Um, something happened with us, I swear, uh, um, in our junior year at Austin at NCs because like Felix got last in the 500, but then he came back to win the mile. And like uh, I got like, I didn't make finals in the 200 IM, but in my 400 IM, I dropped like three seconds. And so something was going on. So that wasn't really a good um, showing, but then our, then last year would have been really great. But um, I think more than like just the swimming in school, it was like, uh, like more of how our class developed and like how we like really enjoyed each other, uh, which was what made our class so good. And like, um, for example, like, um, me and Charlie uh, Swanson really wanted to uh, go down to Florida uh, for open water nationals. And so my coach said, okay, so me, Charlie and Felix uh, all were training distance at the beginning of um, the summer after our junior year. And we went down to Florida and, and or something like um, the guys who didn't make the big 10 team on our class drove like uh, all the way to Indi like Bloomington, which is like a seven hour drive from Ann Arbor. Uh, to come watch us swim. Um, and so like, it was just like the things that we did together that um, kind of helped us all stay together through, through the entire time and helped us all perform uh, at such a high level. What motivated you guys to go to open water nationals? Well, um, it was probably, so the year before uh, when they were in um, Arizona, Felix and Will Roberts, who's a senior on the team now, um, they both went and they came back with all these fun stories and, um, <laughs> me and Charlie were just like, Oh, we want to do that. Like, why can't we? And so our, like Josh probably was like, what are they doing? Like, <laughs> don't, don't they realize they're falling into my trap? And so, <laughs> so he was like, yeah, sure. I'll put you guys in the thousand. So my junior year, I did the thousand at, uh, like two or three, uh, dual meets and I got my open water uh, cut. And then, uh, is he was that, like, all right. Is that how you get an open water cut is through the thousand? Uh, you can get it through the thousand or the mile, um, okay. or the 1500. Um, but, uh, the thousand was long enough for me. Um, <laughs> so, uh, we did that at one of the dual meets and had suits on and we got the cut, um, which wasn't that fast. It was like nine, 10 or something like that. 
or 9 gotcha. 15 or something like that but um yeah and so then after nc's josh was like okay uh it's time to start training distance and so they're like okay okay and so the first few weeks it was uh pretty shocking um because we started off one course distance and so we were doing like i i mean remember one practice we did nine 500s all out and i was like oh my gosh like long I can't course do this. yeah and oh, but, no. but it was weird like like i felt like um, my body like adapted to it. And all of a sudden, like I was able, like, normally I'm not able to really do a 300 fast in practice, but I was able to do 300 so easy. Cause after doing like a 900 or an 800 fast, like a 300 feels like nothing. And so it was actually really nice. Uh, it was like a nice change of pace to do distance. Uh, I don't know if I would recommend it forever, but it was, it was pretty good. And so, um, yeah, it was, it was a fun time <laughs> surprisingly. <laughs> But the 5k was not a fun time. <laughs> I, cause I, they had the 10k and the 5k and I only did the 5k. Uh, me and Charlie only did the 5k because Josh was like, okay, 10k would be way too much for you guys. <laughs> and it probably would have been. And in the 5k, Charlie did pretty well. But um, from the moment I dove in, I don't know if it was nerves or what. And we were wearing like the full body suits um, in the ocean in, in March and, or in May. And so like maybe, like I got nervous and my chest tightened up or something, but that 5k was the longest swim I've ever had. Um, so I don't know if I'll go back, uh, but it was a fun experience. Yeah. Did you, did you get the fun stories that you had coveted? <laughs> uh, yeah, I did because the 5k was on the last day. Um, and so like we got there on like Wednesday or Thursday and the race was on uh, Sunday. And so like okay. those four or five days previous, uh, we were just having fun, um, of course, staying in like good swimming shape, but like we would go out to eat someplace fun or like we would go, we went to the beach one day or something like that. And it was also fun to watch them do the 10 K, um, and not swim it. Um, they were, there was dolphins, uh, like in the middle of the, the course during it. And it was cool to see like, like Pulchinary just destroy, um, like a 10 K I'd never seen, uh, a distance swimmer like do swim for that long so fast and so that was pretty cool and uh, it was a really good experience too nice yeah yeah that's that's not something <laughs> i would i would think a normal swimmer would do but hey that sounds pretty fun you gotta, you gotta do it at least once nice open um, water swimming is still swimming <laughs> dude i open water swimming terrifies me I, <laughs> I, because i can't see uh, yeah, do, yeah. do you, do you, are you okay in open water? Um, I mean, as far as swimming, yes. Um, I'm not really afraid unless I see, like, I haven't seen anything yet. Like I haven't seen like a shark or a stingray or anything. And so sure. like, I'm okay right now, but until when I see one of those things, maybe, maybe my story will change. But when you mentioned not being able to see things, um, we were doing it in like a cove and, um, mm the buoys that they were using were red and in the background was the forest and I am unfortunately colorblind. <laughs> and so I, <laughs> I didn't realize it during the race or during like the warmups, but during the race, I was like, I cannot see the buoys. <laughs> and so I was just <laughs> having to follow the swimmers. It was, it was quite the experience. Wow. That's again, again, just getting lost in open water. It sounds terrifying to me, <laughs> but you made it. <laughs> yeah. Made it. Um, 
Nice. Okay. And so, and I, and I just want to for nostalgia's sake, I also want to touch on your club days. You know, you're, yeah. you came from the Dayton Raiders. Um, like I said, I, I worked for under Gary Galbraith in Columbia, Missouri, who was one of your club coaches mm-hmm. at the Dayton Raiders before that. Um, you know, that, that group, and especially at that time, there was, there's a lot of really good swimmers in that mm-hmm. group. Yeah. Um, what was it like coming up through high school and coming up in, in, in that group? Yeah, it was really cool. Um, I was, when I was there, I was the youngest guy in that like line of, um, successful swimmers, I guess. Um, and then, uh, so it was really cool. Like, like when I was, uh, 12 or 13, I had no clue what the national junior team was, but there were guys on the team that were on the national junior team and going to national select camps. And so, um, I think that was really rare, um, for someone who's like, like Dane isn't like the huge, like the biggest, uh, city. It's not like, uh, known for their like swimming. Um, and so to have exposure to that kind of thing, uh, at such a young age and especially, um, exposure to like different college coaches coming. Cause there were always, um, coaches doing recruiting, uh, at the Dane Raiders. And so like, I was really lucky to have all that. And then, um, as I got older, um, like kids came from other teams. And so like, then it kind of like the, the line kind of built in around me. And, um, and so I had other people like Eric Knowles, who's on the national team now, or Cody Bybee. And so like, they were like behind me. And so like, it was really cool to have this like, like string of like really successful swimmers from, from Dane, Ohio of all places. It's not like it's uh, Cincinnati or anywhere in California or Texas or something. So it was, it was really valuable experience. And um, it gave me a lot of perspective because um, we didn't always have the nicest facilities. I um, sometimes um, I remember uh, I remember one set where uh, we were at this pool that was uh, 25 meters and it was like in this, uh, facility that was built in like the forties. Um, and it wasn't in the greatest part of town. I remember Gary, uh, wrote a set on the board and it was 2200s. Like I remember it being all out and uh, (laughs) it was, it was just an interesting time. Um, and I think it gave me a lot of, uh, gratitude for like the facilities that I have now, wherever I am, especially like even, even, uh, Cape Girardeau, I was like, these are better than some of the places I've trained. So, uh, It was good, but also kind of gave me like a Rocky, Rocky, like a Rocky personality. So, uh, Rocky Balboa. So I I think it was a good time, uh, there in Ohio. I wouldn't have traded it for anything. And I, uh, still keep in touch. I just went and when I was home for Thanksgiving, I was training with them and, uh, still getting my butt kicked by some of their practices there. Uh, and so, yeah, it was, it was really fun. Nice. I, yeah. I mean, you, you shared the 2200 set in a, in a 25 meter pool. Um, was, is there, was there another practice that stands out to you as one bit that was particularly epic? I mean, Gary, yeah. you know, is just known for writing monsters of sets and, and he would always, you know, he always talked about the kids at date and he's like, Oh, these kids would do this stuff and they would do this <laughs> stuff and they would go these times. And it's like, man, you know, it's like, he really, he really bragged on you guys. Um, is, is, is <laughs> there, a, is yeah. there a set that stands out to you? Uh, another set that I remember is, um, we did, it was, um, it was 40, 100s. It was, um, 
one fast, three easy for 16. So it was like one on three off. And then after 16, it was um, one on two off and then um, for 12 and then like odds fast, evens easy. And then four 100s all fast. And so uh, you end up doing 16 100s um, all out. Um, and I remember guys were going under 50 on most of them. And uh, I was like, when I was, I was trying to do that when I was like, I don't know, uh, in eighth grade or something, I was like, how are these people going so fast? And um, it was really, uh, <laughs> it's funny that that set still sticks out to me because we did it a few times. And every time I was like, oh my gosh, I'm going to get my, get destroyed on this one. But I don't know if he ever pulled that one out in Columbia. Oh. Oh yeah. That, that was a, that was a Gary favorite yeah. for sure. <laughs> um, what, what were the, what were all the hundreds on? Do you remember? Did it vary? No, I think that the, I think it, as, um, the time went up, then the, uh, or it's like, um, like at the first 16, they were probably on like 120, then like 130, 140, 150 or something like that. Probably. I, I, that's too far away for me to remember, but, um, just the, the set. I can never forget that one. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, so, so heading, you're back from ISL, you just mm-hmm. got back from Thanksgiving, yeah. um, you know, moving forward, what's, what is your plan in and out of the pool now? Yeah. So, um, swimming at ISL gave me a lot of confidence. Uh, and it made me think that maybe there is a, reason for me to keep swimming uh other than just like it works out um because that's kind of what i had done before but now i'm like like maybe there is like some value and like i can actually accomplish something and so um i i still don't know really exactly what i'm doing everything's up in the air because of covid um it's so hard to plan things these days but my tentative plan right now is to um, I was supposed to, I'm supposed to be done with my master's program next semester. So I'm mostly, only supposed to have one more, but um, I've talked to the administration and I think I'm going to stretch it out over two. And so um, allow myself to focus a little bit more on swimming next semester. And then um, hopefully I'm able to stay in Michigan. Um, I'm not really sure what's happening though, because um, they're just, now they're, um, are like I guess swimming's officially in season um or as far as like the athletic department goes and so they're bumping up the COVID testing and so um they're having to test I think like six times a week for at least the next two weeks and so that's kind of hard um because the athletic department isn't really um either they're trying but it's hard to justify like paying for postgrads when it's like they're barely able to pay for like their athletes. Um, and so, uh, we're working to find like the best, uh, opportunity here. So if anyone's watching this and has the hookup for COVID tests, uh, <laughs> let us know. Um, but yeah, so, um, I, I'm really going week by week trying to make things work. I, um, I might end up someplace training someplace else, but I'm not really sure, uh, what, what's going to happen with that. Um, but just trying to just do the best that I can with what I have. And so, um, but yeah, I I'm excited for trials. I'm excited for, um, the opportunity to try to race out there. 
um, feeling really excited about breaststroke and um, especially just because it's feeling so good right now. Like I said, breaststroke's a weird stroke. And so when it's on, like you got to capitalize on it. And so um, I'm really going to be hammering on the 100 and 200 breast. Nice. Well, Tommy, thanks so much for taking the time to sit down and talk with me for a little bit. I really appreciate it. And glad your breaststroke's feeling good man I'm, ex- I'm excited to to see your race in the future thanks thanks for having me it's awesome talking to you you've been listening to the swim swam podcast stay tuned for new episodes every week you can take swim swam podcast on the go by subscribing on your favorite podcast platform look for links in the description below and be sure to subscribe to our youtube channel for more videos as well